from the Mercy One Studio. Thank you for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Mesher Collins. Would you consider a $30 a month donation? You can give securely online at iowacatholicradio.com, the Iowa Catholic Radio app, or call 515-223-1150. Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Bugnano every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and online at iowacatholicradio.com or the Iowa Catholic Radio app. This is Monsignor Frank Bugnano, Iowa Catholic Radio Thought of the Week. Thought of the Week. And today, uh, let's think about the Bible. The Bible. Why? Well, let's think about that. It's important. Why? Uh, because it's the most prized book in the history of the human race and civilizations. A book that began to be written uh, over 3,000 years ago, completed in around the year uh, 100, uh, years after Christ, once they get the New Testament written. It has 73 chapters, Old Testament and New Testament. It has billions of copies in every language, more than 2,100 languages. How do you like that? Here's some statistics. Every day in this country alone, there are more than 168,000 Bibles are sold or given to people. 20 million copies are sold annually in the United States. 20 million. That's a book that started to be written 3,000 years ago. This book, just the Gideon International, God bless the Gideons, they distribute almost 60 million copies of the Bible every year. That's 100 a minute. <laughs> Woo, somebody's working. And 92% of Americans own at least one Bible. It's a it's pretty important, pretty popular book. Okay, as I said, completed a few decades after the time of Christ. That's when the New Testament was completed. Uh, I'm going to tell you a a little personal story, if I can, of an encounter I had with a man who really wanted a Bible. But in the country he lived in, Christianity was being persecuted. Bibles were outlawed. Nowhere could you find one for sale. The country was China. The man was an elderly gentleman uh, who spoke English. I was there in 1979. uh, And... uh, Hong Kong was where I was staying, talking to the Glenmary priests of the of Asia. Give him a little couple of days of conference. Uh, I, I remember uh, uh, that just before I left Hong Kong, uh, they they said, "Why don't you go up to, into mainland China? It's now open. The it's for the last six months. Now people from outside China can go into China. Uh, so get with an English speaking group and go check it out. Uh, no one's been there since 1948." That is from the Western world. So uh, I said, sure, I'll sign up. And so I went in, even though it was illegal for priests or ministers to or rabbis to enter into China, uh, I told them the truth. I said, I am a teacher. I didn't tell them why I was teaching. They said, okay, you can come in. Uh, so I wanted to say Mass every day when I was up in China. So I put a few small hosts in my shirts, shirt collars, in my suitcase, and a little thing of wine in a a vinegar bottle in my luggage so I could say Mass every day. And I did say Mass every day. Once in a while, I 
we'd get up real early in the morning and I'd go up on the roof of the hotel and say mass, nobody there. Or sometimes in the bathroom, I'd close the door. My roommate, a lawyer from New York was my roommate. I'd close the door. He didn't know I was was there saying mass. I did have a small red Gideon Bible that I used for the daily readings. Uh, That book is rare and (laughs) precious. So anyway, I'm in Guilin, China, uh, befriended by this elderly man who spoke English. As we chatted and and got to know each other, uh, he told me that he was a Presbyterian and that I said, well, how is Christianity going? He said, well, uh, we baptize 40 people at night in the river. Um, Wow. I said, that's amazing. Yeah. He said, as we talked, he said, are are you a priest? I simply said, well, if I am a priest, I'm illegally in this country. He said, I understand. So I asked him if, if he wanted a Bible. Absolutely. So we agreed to meet the next morning very early in a park. And so we met. We walked over a small bridge together. And as we walked over the bridge, I took my little Gideon Bible, slipped it into his hand, he slipped it into his pocket. We parted ways. I never, I never saw him after that. Wow. Well, why is this book so famous? Uh, why is it so widely read? Or why is it so widely feared by some governments? Because it is a different book. It is, ri- it is the written word, visible, tangible, which makes present that which is invisible and transcendent. What is that? the Word of God addressed to human beings. That's the threat to some governments and people. God, that's the threat. But how does that work? Are the human authors like Matthew and Mark, Luke and John and Jeremiah, were they like secretaries who jotted down what God was dictating to them? Well, it's not quite that simple. Not quite that simple. Uh, God influenced them to use their own talents and ways of writing as he inspired them. So in that way, uh, that is what the Bible is, the work of both human, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and divine God. So the written word which we can read or listen to makes present to you and me that which is invisible and transcendent, the mind of God, the word of God, the love of God, the promises of God, the the presence of God. And so that's why uh, in the Bible we want to be careful that we don't make it just a human book because then they say, well, it's a nice piece of literature. We'll study it at the university and all that kind of thing. Nor is it just simply God dictating uh, his words because it's it's kind of like, well, then everything in everything here, every single word has got to be absolutely true and certain. Well, we're going to get into that in just a second, because uh, there, there, it's not there is inerrancy in the Bible, but also in, in the human parts there can be some discrepancies. We're, we're going to talk about that. So stay with me. We'll be right back. How God? How did God work through these human authors? Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. 
Each year, Blessman International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Karbaka, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des DesMoines-DentalAssociates.com. Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com Blackbird Investments. Doing what is challenging because it's right. Thank you for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Tony Calumet. Would you consider a $30 a month donation? You can give securely online at iowacatholicradio.com, the Iowa Catholic Radio app, or call 515-223-1150. Okay, Monsignor Frank Now we're talking about the Bible, human and divine, okay? And so I'm going to try to explain that to you as best I possibly can. How did God work through human beings like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, and Jeremiah? Uh, Well, here's what the Bible itself says. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, refutation, correction, and for training in righteousness. St. Paul to Timothy, all Scripture is inspired by God. In the Catholic understanding of inspiration, guided the human authors of the Bible to write in such a way that the books teach the religious truths intended by God. That's got to remember that. It's trying to teach religious truths, not his, not historical truths or not scientific truths, but religious truths. This does not mean that God merely dictated the work to secretaries, but God influenced these human authors in such a way that the result is truly the Word of God and the work of human beings. Now, what exactly what was the divine influence? Well, it, it varied. It varied. In some cases, for example, the d- divine influence may have come in the form of a miraculous event, such as the burning bush, you know, to Moses, or supernatural visions, like Isaiah had a vision of God on a throne. In others, it may have t- touched authors without realizing that God was actually working through them as they wrote. What remained constant was the interaction between God and human beings, which resulted in written works accepted by Jews and Christian communities as, what, inspired by 
God. Now, I'm going to make a little distinction here. I, I don't want to hope I don't confuse you too much. Here we go. Inspiration is not the same as revelation. Revelation is the self-disclosure of God. Now, some things about God can be known th- through created realities. That's called natural revelation, such as the Big Bang Theory. I mean, God has to be pretty powerful and pretty smart to create all these laws of the universe and, and to create all these planets. He has to be pretty... Well, that's natural revelation. Anybody can figure that one out, okay? Other things are only known through supernatural revelation. The personal actions and words of God, especially Jesus. There you go, Jesus. So, there is much revelation in the Bible, but many facts there do not have to be revealed because they already knew it. They already knew God was powerful and smart. Everything in the Bible is inspired because the entire Bible is the work of God and human authors, but not everything in the Bible is revealed, as I said, such as God is powerful, okay? The interaction of God and human authors in the Bible brings up another issue, and that's called inerrancy, inerrancy, freedom from error. Those individuals who understand inspiration, meaning that God dictated the Bible to his secretaries, these guys are just writing down what God said, they say that, well, there's no error of any kind in the Bible. Now, the Catholic Church, which sees inspiration in terms of the influence of God and the human response, holds it. The books of the Scripture must be seen as teaching firmly, faithfully, and without error that truth which God wanted to put into the sacred writings for the sake of salvation. Get me? Now, I got that. For the sake of salvation. If, it, if it's in the Bible and not for the sake of salvation, it's not necessarily inspired, or it can be an error. Not true. I'll give you, I'm going to give you some examples here, okay? And so, for example, the book of Genesis. They say, well, it was written by Moses. Could have, could have been. Well, what, are, what was their understanding of the world, of the universe? Etc. Very primitive. They thought the world was set on pillars, that it wasn't a round globe spinning through space like we know it is to be. Okay, so these primitive notions were used to teach spiritual truths that all they wanted to teach was God. The world came from God. That's what they were trying to explain. God was their creator. They weren't trying to explain physics. Uh, the, the the teaching that the world came from God as a creator. That's inspired. That's inspired. Okay, that the world rests on pillars, that's not necessarily the truth for our salvation. That just, sense, that just uh, sets the stage. And so, remember, the Bible tries to teach religious truths, not scientific or historical facts. So, uh, so when you look at that, in the entire Revelation, we see that the purpose, for example, the book of Genesis, is not trying to explain how God created. No, <laughs> no. They're trying to give you a picture of God, of, of think God being the creator and being very smart and very powerful. They're not trying to say he did it in seven 24-hour days. That's all they knew. That's how they best they could explain things. What they're trying to, it's not how God created. The point they're making is it was God who created and a lot of other stuff. Everything he made was good. Yeah, everything in creation is good. Right. 
He made us in his image and likeness. Wow, we wouldn't have known that. You know, we're not just a bunch of apes running around on this planet, okay? That uh, God has a plan for us and that he wants to befriend us. He wants to love us, to help us. And so that is what's important to understand, that uh, God, the Bible, does not try to teach scientific or uh, truths from physics or history, just trying to teach this is what God says for our salvation. So it's good for me to know God exists. He made everything. He loves me. He's near us. He wants us. He protects us. He has a divine, He has a, a plan for each one of us. That is revealed. God told us that. We couldn't have figured that one out on our own. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the origins of the Bible here in just a minute. So I'll be right back. Um, yeah, how can we talk about the origins? How can we tell what is infallibly taught by the Bible or interpreted? So stay with me. I'll be right back, Monsignor Frank Bagnano, Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. The Catholic Tuition Organization provides the best tax savings over any other charitable giving in the state. 65% of your contribution directly reduces your Iowa income tax liability. Plus, there are still federal deductibility options to further save on taxes. Find details online, ctoiowa.org. All this for the kids and their future. Are you prepared for the 2020 Iowa Catholic Men's Conference Sons of the Father? Saturday, February 22nd at the Embassy Suites by Hilton downtown. Mass will be offered at 7.30 a.m., registration begins at 8, and the conference kicks off at 9 with Iowa State University head football coach Matt Campbell. Followed by Joe Stopulis from the Man Up Show. John Leonetti from Iowa Catholic Radio will host the Iowa Catholic Men's Conference Sons of the Father Saturday, February 22nd at the Embassy Suites by Hilton downtown. Learn more at iowacatholicradio.com. Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work-related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred, double D, Haas, double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time... Let us do good. Thank you for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Deacon Tony Valdez. Would you consider a $30 a month donation? You can give securely online at iowacatholicradio.com, the Iowa Catholic Radio app, or call 515-223-1150. This is Monsignor Frank Pignano. We're talking about the, the Bible. You know, it's really good to know this, uh, I know, I, obviously, those of us in, in uh, ordained ministry, we, we had to study this for years in school and so on. Uh, but I think I think it's not that complicated. It's not that hard to understand. But it's good to know because if you get into a discussion or just for yourself, you say, well, yeah, I, now I understand where it came from, why it's this way, uh, 
you know, why, why we believe this, uh, who interprets it, uh, you know, did God really make everything in seven 24-hour days? Uh, uh, how is that, where do you make these distinctions? And it, remember, the answer is religious truths, not scientific or physical truths, or even historical. So, for example, inerrancy, the Bible cannot make an error. In religious truths, no, it can't make an error in religious truths, but it can in historical truths or physical truths, like it can say, you know, uh, the world uh, was uh, was set on pillars. Well, that's not a religious truth. That's not something for our salvation. Uh, that's the as best the author knew the physical universe. Uh, so, um, anyway, so in, in the Bible here, uh, we've got to remember, you got two sections of the Bible. Remember that. You got the Old Testament and you got the New Testament. All right? Now, the first five books of the Bible were uh, put together, the Pentateuch, in the 586 BC, and the other books were added as time went on. And the last one about the Book of Wisdom, about 50 years before Christ. Okay, that's the Old Testament. Um, at the time of Christ, there were two collections of the Old Testament. Did you know that? One of them was called the Palestinian, or Hebrew, Old Testament. The other was called the Septuagint, or the Alexandrian uh, Old Testament. That was written in Greek. Um, and it was a translation of the Hebrew books and a number of books written in Greek. Uh, these both collections were honored by different Jew Jewish communities, but because the New Testament authors wrote in Greek, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tended to use the Greek collection, Alexandrian uh, collection, and, and that became accepted by the Christian community as the Old Testament. Uh, the Palestinian collection, that is the, the Hebrew uh, was chosen by a group of Jewish scholars as their book around 100 years after Christ, kind of in reaction to the fact that Christians were using the Greek version. <laughs> so now you got some using the, the, the Hebrew, some the Greek. Uh, and, of course, the, uh, the, the difference is that in the Greek, you have seven more books than you have in the, in the Hebrew collection, and the church had opted for the larger collection. Uh, now, uh, these uh, books were authoritative, and, uh, but then, as, I, uh, as you may already know, uh, that there were other books at the same time <laughs> uh, as, the, as the Bible, as the New Testament written, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which was finished writing in about 100, 100 125, whatever, by the time they got it together, and then the, the Old Testament. Uh, but there were, uh, besides the Gospels and the Epistles, you had good spiritual reading of Christian authors like Barnabas, St. Barnabas, the companion of St. Paul, uh, the letters of Barnabas. You got the letters of St. Clement, who was the third successor to St. Peter, the third pope, his name was Clement, lived in around 80 AD, 80 after the time of Christ, yeah. Uh, you got a lot of good stuff. Then you got this crazy stuff, the Gnostic Gospels, the Gospel of Peter, the Gospel of Thomas, and they are just off the wall. You start reading them and you go, what is this? Those were called, those are heretical gospels. Anyway, so what happened was the church got together in the Council of Hippo, 393 AD, and then later the Council of Carthage in 397. And they decided that, number one, the inspired works were 
the the Greek <laughs> Old Testament, the 27 books of the New Testament. Uh, the other nice books, like Clement and, and Epistle of Barnabas and all that, Letter of Barnabas, nice, pious, not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Then the heretical ones, they said, throw them out. The, the, the Gnostic Gospels, they don't, they don't make sense. So this was happened. That, so we, the church, the bishops of the Catholic Church, decided on what was going to be the Bible. 27 books of the New Testament and the, uh, uh, the 47 books of the Old Testament. So now you got that. Uh, so now you have a, a total of 73 books. 73 books. 46 of the old, 27 in the new. Uh, the, uh, in the Council of Trent in the uh, 1500s, when now you have a discrepancy because some of the reformers said, no, we're going to use the Hebrew Old Testament. We're not going to use the Greek Old Testament, uh, which the church approved you know, a thousand years ago. Um, and so the Council of Trent said, no, 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 it's got, it's, it's the same as it was a thousand years ago. We're not changing or whatever. So that's what happened there. Um, so everyone today, as I've said before, pretty much anybody who has a Bible of any kind accepts the authority of the Catholic Church. Because it was the church, Catholic Church, the bishops of the church who got together in Hippo, North Africa, 393, that said, this is the Bible, and we're going to ferret out all the stuff that is good, but it's not biblical, and the things that are just not good at all, the Gnostic things. So this is it. Uh, And so that's good to know, because Jesus gave the authority to the church, to the apostles and their successors, to make these kind of authoritative decisions. And one of the big one, of course, was what are the books of the Bible? <laughs> and uh, so that is something very, very important. And also interpretation of the Bible. You've been listening to Thought of the Week, Monsignor Frank Bignano. God bless you, and God bless your reading of the Bible. Join Iowa Catholic Radio every Wednesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. for Thought of the Week with Monsignor Frank Pugnato. Listen online at iowacatholicradio.com or on the Iowa Catholic Radio app.